0: Welcome to Dayspring Fellowship. Whether you are in the room live, watching live online, later on demand, or listening to our podcast, we're thankful that you've taken some time in this busy holiday season to worship with us. I'm Chris Voigt, and I lead the team here at Dayspring. That team is made up of people committed to helping you grow. People grow here because our team loves to challenge, encourage, and equip people to become more like Jesus. If this is your first time visiting Dayspring, we want you to know that this is the kind of church where you get to be you. We're just like you, imperfect people on a journey. We're allowing Jesus to make something beautiful out of our broken and often messy lives. Learning to live like him, a little more today than yesterday, a little more tomorrow than today. Even if you aren't sure that you're ready to be on that journey with us, maybe you are skeptical about the claims of Jesus or skeptical of his followers, well, This is still a great place. A safe place to explore and ask questions as you look for answers. We're asking those same questions and looking for answers too. So I think we can be pretty good company on your journey. You can learn more about us as a church by exploring our website at dsf.church, by checking out our Facebook page or contacting us by phone or email. If you need help figuring out the next step to making Dayspring your home church, or if you just have questions, let us know we'll help you find the answers for today's service you can find a discussion guide by selecting watch from the top menu of our website and now let's join our service we are firmly in the christmas season earlier this week i took my father-in-law to target because he wanted some green ornaments. He said, do you think it's too early? As in, too early to find Christmas decorations at Target. (laughs) The whole family laughed. I responded with, I think that ship sailed. And Lexi said, yeah, it's probably too late. And it was. The Christmas ornament shelves were almost bare. Uh, Everyone under 40 will think I'm crazy. But I grew up before Target. Technically, that's not true. The first Target discount store was opened in 1962. But since I didn't grow up in Minnesota, or Minnesota, let's just go with it. I grew up in the age of the Sears catalog. Anyone else remember the Sears catalog? Yeah, some of you are old enough to remember when it was black and white. Around this time of year, Sears sent out their catalog to homes all over the United States. They had everything in it from clothes, boring, to lawn mowers, tools, kitchen stuff, appliances, and toys. Yeah. It was the size of a big phone book, which for those of you under 40 was how we used to look up phone numbers before Google. Back when the handset of our phones was connected to the base by a long curly wire that you stretched as far as you could go when you wanted to have a conversation that your parents couldn't hear. We spent hours every year poring over the toy pages in those Sears catalogs, dreaming about what we wanted for Christmas. It's funny, whenever Target or Amazon send out a Christmas toy catalog, our granddaughter Avery does the same thing. She goes through it page by page, putting a check mark by whatever she wants for Christmas or her birthday, which is at the end of December. Some things never change, do they? Just for fun, this Christmas, if you could wish for anything, what would you wish for? Some of you might wish for a lot of money which isn't a bad wish, especially in this economy. You could help a lot of people with a lot of money. You could be generous. You could enjoy the blessings money buys. You could create options. It's not a bad wish. But we all know that money can't buy happiness, so it's a good wish, but probably not the best wish. Now, a few of you who are not married might wish to be married. Again, not a a bad wish, Marriage can be good, until it's not. I guess we might have some wishes for beauty, or maybe for happiness, maybe for health. There are a few of you in that boat praying or for or wishing for health. Some of you might want fame. There's always one in the crowd, so someone would certainly wish for more wishes. But we all know that's against the rules. Well, it's the Christmas season, so let's look at what the New Testament suggests might be the best wish. Uh, When the angels announced the birth of Jesus, who remembers what they sang? You guys need to refresh yourselves. Let's just do that right now. Let's get into the story just before that moment. Luke tells us in chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Glory to God in in the highest and peace on earth. Uh, You may have noticed this in your Bible reading. uh, When Jesus would talk with people he would greet them in coming or going. He would often say, peace be with you. After, or after something would happen, maybe something miraculous, he would say, now go in peace. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul would often start a letter saying, grace and, what would he add? Yeah, grace and peace be with you. Think about it. He could have said anything. When I write a letter, I usually try to mix it up from one letter to the next. So he could have said grace and power be with you. Grace and riches be with you. Grace and wisdom be with you. Grace and TikTok fame be with you. (laughs) But he kept it pretty simple and consistent. Grace and peace be with you. When it comes to what people really wish for, I'd suggest that peace is actually at the top of the list. Peace is what people really want in life and and don't even know that that's what they want or need. Real peace. A peace that the world couldn't even begin to understand. A peace that comes from heaven. A divine peace that only God can give. Because at the end of the day, you can have money in the bank, but no peace in your heart. You can be successful on the outside, but but empty on the inside. You can be married, but not have peace in your home. You can have health, but still be unhealthy on the inside. I think what a lot of people really want, and they don't even know it, is a peace that comes from God. For too many people, maybe even too many of us, peace is the missing piece in the puzzle of our lives. We actually have the opposite of peace. Too many of us are afraid. We're anxious. We have tension. When we think about our relationships, what do you want? Peace, harmony, understanding. But so often we have the opposite. We have misunderstandings, we have disagreements, we have hurt feelings, bitterness, unforgiveness. What we really want, what we really need is peace. When you look at the world around us, and we've just spent a couple of weeks talking about the state of the world. When you look at the world around us, the state of the world, uh, there is clearly a need for peace. Peace that begins on the inside and works its way out into our circumstances. Is a peace like that even possible in this day and age? Well, let's see what God's word has to say on the subject. If you've brought your Bible with you, in whatever form, old school or high tech, why don't you turn or navigate to the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 26. Uh, For the Israelites, uh, it was a time not all that different from our own. Isaiah was one of the prophets God sent to warn the Israelites that they would be conquered by Assyria in the Northern Kingdom and Babylon in the Southern Kingdom things weren't going very well. There was a lot of fear and unsettledness. And in the the midst of all of that unease, Isaiah prophesies a day of unbridled worship, a day filled with peace, passion, and praise for the goodness of God. He writes, in that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Now this is this is a fantastic promise. It's the kind of promise that all of us would wish for. You will be kept in perfect peace. The the peace of God that comes from heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm not all that familiar with perfect peace. I am way more familiar with imperfect peace or inconsistent peace. Anyone else? Yeah. I can have peace in one moment. I can prayerfully offload my burdens to God, recite a verse about peace, say amen, and three minutes later, I'm carrying the burden again. Uh, God, I gave this to you. Why do I have it again? Why haven't you done what I asked? Are you even listening? I I just want a moment of joy, peace, and the presence of God, and instead, only moments later, I'm overcome with fear, anxiety, insecurity, and a lack of faith. I'm way more familiar with imperfect and inconsistent peace. And yet God promises perfect peace. What actually is perfect peace? In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is one that most of us have heard before, even if we didn't know what it meant. It's shalom. It's actually a Jewish greeting and goodbye, much like aloha is in Hawaii. Shalom when I see you, shalom when we part. Like so many Hebrew words, it is rich with meaning. And it means much more than simply peace. It means wholeness, completeness. It's the fullness of peace, peace in every way. It is complete and perfect peace. It's a peace with God that never has to wonder or fear where I stand with God. Never has to wonder that that I've done something that would make him not love me. Never have to wonder if I've gone too far. Is my shame too great? It's that kind of peace with God. It's that kind of peace with other people. And it's that kind of peace with yourself. That dark spot in your past that you are so ashamed of. That thing you did today that you know you really shouldn't have done. The thoughts that nearly consumed you. It's, it's peace with yourself. It's peace with your circumstances. Even when your circumstances aren't what you want them to be. It's shalom. Complete, whole, peace from God. Now, we miss this in English, but in the original text, in Hebrew, through Isaiah, God says, you will be kept in shalom, shalom. The word shalom actually occurs twice. In other words, in the original language, God's saying, I'm going to give you a double portion of peace. I will give you your portion of peace, and I'll give you even more than you need. It's perfect peace. It's peace that won't make sense on any human level. Beyond our ability to understand perfect peace. Which doesn't mean that you won't have trouble in this world. Jesus was really clear about this one. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Jesus said in John 16, that here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. That's what Jesus said. So perfect peace doesn't mean that you won't ever have any problems. It doesn't mean that nothing's ever gonna break. It doesn't mean your kids won't fight. It doesn't mean your spouse won't get on your last nerve. Peace doesn't mean that you're not going to have a difficult time. What is shalom, shalom? The perfect peace of God? As Craig Grishel, pastor of Life Church, says, the peace of God isn't found in the absence of problems. It's found in the presence of God. It's shalom, shalom. Peace is God's presence. Peace is God's perspective. It's God's assurance that even when life is anything but the way you want it to be, and some of you are there right now. Some of you are in relationships that are filled with stress and tension. Some of you are in relationships that you should be out of. Some of you have bodies that are breaking down and causing you problems right now. Some of you are pressed to the wall financially, and the bills are coming faster than Christmas. Where's the peace in all of that? Where's the peace when you've got a child struggling at school, or on drugs, or with pornography, or when your life is just being held together with a little gum, glue, and duct tape? How does the promise of perfect peace become the practice of perfect peace? Well, in order to develop the practice of perfect peace, we have to understand that the battle for peace begins in your mind. Any, anyone besides me ever experience an epic mind battle? <laughs> it feels like my mind is at war all of the time. I'm pretty familiar with the truth of God. I've studied the truth of God for years and years. You'd think this wouldn't be a problem after all these years, saturating my mind with God's truth. Apparently, I'm a slow learner. I I know the truth, but then my mind wanders. It actually just kind of skips around freely in all sorts of untruths. I believe wholeheartedly in the truth and promises of God, and yet my mind has this amazingly annoying ability to doubt when they come to me. Uh, There's a war going on in my mind between what God says is true... And what my mind tries to believe. The battle for peace begins in the mind. Well, we also see how we develop the practice of perfect peace here in Isaiah chapter 26, At verse 3 You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Perfect peace comes when my thoughts are fixed. On God, when they're focused on God, fixed on the truth of God. The New International Version says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Notice that Isaiah doesn't have doesn't say that you have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on your circumstances. He doesn't doesn't say you, you have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the news, on social media. He doesn't say you have perfect peace when you are focused on the future or your financial problems or that bad news from the doctor. Perfect peace comes when your mind is fixed on God and focused on the truth of God. In Hebrew, the word for fixed is samak. It means to lean on completely, to fully rest oneself. It's leaning your mind on God. Uh, This verse could literally be translated, you will have perfect peace when you lean completely on, when when your mind is resting on God's promises. Perfect peace is fixing your mind on God's unfailing promises. Now think think about the things that steal your peace the most. When you don't feel peace, what is your mind fixed on? Where does it drift to? The worst case scenario? Is there anyone else here whose mind always runs to the worst case scenario? (laughs) When When you don't have peace about your financial situation, what is it that you've been focusing on? When you're anxious about your kids, what have you been focusing on? When you feel like you don't measure up, what has your mind been fixed on? When you're worried about your marriage, where have your thoughts been ruminating? Anyone else worry about tomorrow? (laughs) When when you don't have peace about tomorrow, what has your mind been fixed on? War, riots, inflation. There is so much junk going on in the world right now, it will consume your mind if you allow it to. You will be kept in perfect peace when your mind is fixed on God. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. This is one of my favorite passages. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Note that Paul doesn't say to fix your things on the, fix your thoughts on the things that steal your peace. Don't fix your, mo- your thoughts on whatever makes you anxious, on the bad things going on in the world around us, but fix your thoughts on I've had this one memorized for years in the New International Version, thanks to Sue Hood. Fix your eyes on what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Fix your thoughts on anything worthy of praise. And what will happen to you? What will happen if you do? The God of peace will be with you. When is the God of peace with you? For the record, God is always with you. Don't get me wrong. But when is the peace of God with you? Yes, when your thoughts are fixed on him. Whatever you focus on gets bigger in your mind. If you focus on your problems, they get bigger. If you focus on your worries, they get bigger. If you focus on your anxieties, they get bigger. What you focus on gets bigger. So focus your mind, fix your mind on a God who is good. At all times and in all things. Fix your mind on a God who is your strength when you feel weak. Fix your your mind on God who is your guide when you are lost. Your comforter when you are hurting. His promises are always true. His word never fails. Ask yourself, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Of course not. We could modernize this and it would still be true. Shall relational tension or loneliness or anxiety or loss or depression or fear separate us from God, from Christ's love? No, I am convinced I am more than a conqueror through Jesus. My mind is fixed on him, the author and perfecter of my faith. And when my mind is fixed on him, I have shalom, shalom, perfect peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The New International Version captures it better. Uh, It says, my peace I give to you. He's not giving us a peace. He's giving you his peace. A peace not found in the absence of problems, but in the presence of God. There's this, there's this great story in the New Testament. The disciples are out on a boat and a big storm blew up. Most of these guys were seasoned fishermen. They'd been, they knew their way around the water. They knew their way around a boat. Uh, and yet this storm is so huge that they're afraid for their lives. They're freaking out. Oh, no, what are we going to do? We're probably going to die out here. Hey, where's Jesus? Jesus? Oh, yeah, he's taking a nap. If you think about it, there were two storms that day. There was the physical uh, wind, lightning, thunder, rain, waves, the visible storm, the outside storm, and there was a storm on the inside. You know, sometimes the storm on my inside is way harder to manage than the storm on my outside. I can look like I've got it all together on the outside, while on the inside, I am all but consumed by fear, anxiety, doubt, and worry. It was the storm on the inside that led the disciples to cry out, Jesus, don't you even care that we're going to die out here? Sound familiar? For some of you, the storm inside is threatening to take over, and God, are you there? Do you even care? Have you noticed? I've prayed, I've cried out, and I'm waiting. Are you taking a nap? As they wake up Jesus, he opens his eyes. Maybe stretches a little. (sighs) And in the middle of a storm with all the power of God, he says, peace, be still. You can't speak what you don't have. Jesus gives us his Peace, And when your mind is fixed on him, you are kept in perfect peace. Now for many of you, this isn't new information. You've read the verses before, you know the drill. And yet, why do so many of us still lack peace? Why is our peace more imperfect or inconsistent? I'd suggest, uh, I, I guess, that we haven't learned that we don't fight for peace the same way the world does. The world fights for peace by trying to change its external circumstances. But that's not where we find shalom, shalom. We find perfect peace when we develop mind control. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I've used the, the New International Version here Uh, Because I like the way it captures uh, the heart of Paul's words. And it's what I memorized verse 5 in years ago. Uh, Paul writes, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When my mind heads toward the negative, when I feel the tentacles of anxiety beginning to take hold of my mind, I capture those thoughts. I make them obedient to Christ. I force them out and replace them with what is true, what is noble, what is right, pure, lovely, admirable. Whatever is praiseworthy or excellent. I say things like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or since Jesus said that his burdens are light, when my burdens are feeling heavy, Jesus... This one's for you. It's not mine to carry. I saturate my mind with truth. It gets easier the more you do it. It's like any habit. It gets easier with repetition. I doubt that the tension to uh, choose, worry, anxiety, fear, and doubt will ever really go away. Our enemy is too much of a sneaky snake for that to be the case. But it does get easier to fix your mind on Jesus. Paul was in prison. When he wrote his letter to the Philippian church. He didn't know what tomorrow looked like. Life or death. But he still had this to say. Just a couple of verses before the whole true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable bit. Many of us probably have these two verses memorized. So let's read them out loud together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious about nothing. whatever's got a hold of your heart, don't be anxious about it. Instead, in every situation, when the news is good and when the news is bad, when there is money in your account and when there isn't, when your marriage is in great shape and when it's falling apart, when you feel like you are in control and when you feel out of control, when you feel at peace, when you feel at sea in a storm, in any and every situation, pray about it. Tell God about it. Thank him for the good and the bad. Thank him for both the blessing and the troubles that remind you to fix your thoughts on him. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It isn't, it's, it isn't any other peace than the peace of God. It is the peace you, can, you can't find it anywhere else in the world. People have tried, believe me. But money can't buy it. Fame can't award it. Power can't control it. You can have everything good that this world has to offer and still not have peace. Because perfect peace isn't the world's peace to give, it can't give it and it can't take it away. It can only be found through Jesus, available in any and every circumstance, on the highest of mountaintop experiences and the lowest of valleys. A peace that passes all understanding because it can only be found in the presence of God. So back to our question. Is peace possible? Yes. Yes. Do you have it? Let's pray. Father here in this room watching online, we are going through some stuff. Not just the big stuff in the world, a world screaming for peace that it will never find. But in our own lives, too many things, we just allow them to win the battle of our mind. And we focus on our problems and they get bigger instead of focusing on our God and letting him get bigger. Teach us how to fix our minds on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy sat down and uh, came down and gave up his life and now sits next to the throne of God, advocating on our behalf. giving us peace, perfect peace. It's possible that you might be here in the room, listening right now, online watching, and you've never experienced the peace that can only come through Jesus. That peace is possible for you. Jesus wants to give you that peace. You just have to choose him. Choose to follow the ways of Jesus rather than the ways of this world. And that peace will fill you from the inside. Just say yes, Jesus. Jesus. Come find me after the service, and I'll introduce you to him. Father, may the peace of Jesus fill our hearts and minds this entire holiday season and beyond. We pray in Jesus' precious name, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Let me encourage you to download the discussion guide by selecting Watch from the top menu of our website. Working through those questions on your own or with others will help the truth of God's word begin to shape your life as you grow to be like Jesus. Please reach out if you have any questions or want help on your spiritual journey. My email address is on the screen or you can call the church during the week. If you are just checking us out today, Please know that we don't expect you to give anything to support Dayspring. We count it a privilege to play a small part in God's perfect work in you today. The people who call Dayspring their home church make this ministry possible. Their faithful giving is proof of God's work in their lives and they wanna pay it forward so you can experience the same life-changing presence of Jesus. For those of you who would like to start giving, we have three easy ways for you to get us your gift. Please see the online giving section of our website or text GIVE to the number on your screen, or mail a check to us at the address you'll find on our website. Until we meet again, I am praying that God will give you opportunities to use your influence for the glory of his kingdom. And one more thing, thank you for liking and sharing and following Dayspring on whatever platform you connect with us. Thank you for rating us where that is appropriate. Even more, thank you for sharing our services with your friends and family. If this service was a blessing to you, it'll probably be a blessing to someone else too. God uses you to plant seeds in other people's lives. So keep sowing.